Hello, universe. Uh, how you doing? I'm going to put the phone somewhere where I won't handle it. Let me get that taken care of. Uh, that should work. I'm three dad. Well, I'm about to be three dads in on this recording. Let me go take care of that first. Hang on, pause. <clears throat> All right. Well, I am pretty stoned, I'll admit. And I only took three dabs, but <clears throat> I did my best shit because this is episode 432. And in my uh, 1 through 1,000 list, uh, there's no more important episode than this one. And that includes 500 and 1,000. Because that's just because we have 10 fingers and toes and we should have 12. Pause. Unpause. Pause. Unpause. <clears throat> yeah. You're welcome. All right, we're less than a minute into this, and I still haven't explained why 432 has been targeted as my first achievement episode <clears throat> of all. And I'm actually, I have saved material for this episode that I've never spoken about. And when I say I've <clears throat> mostly said everything that I've, that I have been um, made aware of in my dream states or wherever... <clears throat> this is one thing I have not um, gotten into. And these were some of the very, very, very first dreams I had where the camel lionesses were getting my attention. They were in Egypt always, and <clears throat> I would be taken into a room that felt like a schoolroom because I was with other students. All, all the other students looked like just Egyptian extras in a fucking Paramount movie. So <clears throat> everything about it was just manifestation of me in Egypt with these, you know, um, hieroglyphic-looking characters leading classes. And I, I didn't really take them that seriously, except the material kept repeating to the point that I kind of was getting to know it. So after I was pulling it out of my dream state, I started writing it down. These are some of the very first dreams I ever wrote down. Pause. All right. Okay. Um, so let's let's simplify. First of all, I do not know when I was having these dreams, but I know it was either 2010 or 2011 because I started keeping a dream journal in 2012 and keeping dates on what I was entering. But this stuff, I was just writing down randomly in notebooks or whatever. I just, this wasn't exactly uh, organized, but this is when I started really thinking I was having unique dreams at the very least. And um, it would be probably four years after this that I had that dream about the dwarves. Um, where I was getting all this like attention as I was moving up through this shaft of mud that that was just wooded off like with these these barricade wooden uh, crossbars and a bunch of doors were just applauding constantly at me and if I would get near them they'd pat me on the back and say way to go man way to go man and all I was doing is walking up this it was like you know when you walk up like uh, parking garage uh, turnarounds or at a stadium it was like that but underground in mud and um, and the weird thing is it was one of the most vivid dreams I've ever had I could have I could smell the fucking doors like I knew that it was so intensely um, what sensory everything about it is still familiar to me I would know immediately the lighting in that in that tunnel because it was different. They were in these like drop. <clears throat> it wasn't a flame. Well, maybe it was, but it was just like a glowing ember in the center. And it was a yellowy orange glow. 
it made everything down there look kind of shadowy. I, I mean, I very much remember this dream to this day. And this dream was at least, well, call it somewhere between six and ten years ago. Well, no, more than six. I'm guessing it was ten years ago. Um, but before that, there, the, the reason that the Egyptian dreams stand out is, one, it was Egypt. Like, full-on Egypt, right? Like you see in a Cleopatra movie or whatever. Um, and then, <clears throat> two, this character started repeating, which I call the camel lionesses. And I, I don't know how many there are, but there is one that has always been the lead. Like, she's the one that laughs at me. She's the one that slaps me upside the head. She is the one that clearly is, to me, the the leader, if there is such a thing. Or maybe she's my caseworker. You know what I'm saying? She's the one to whom I have learned the most, or from whom I've learned the most, and she is also the, well, she is, seems to be the wisest of them all. And they're all fucking wise. Like, when you see two or three of these beings together, the look of, of knowing on their faces is, un, you can see it. You can, you could, you imagine you could ask them any question, they'd be able to answer it. And I, I don't know how to describe that any other way. And I've never even gotten one of my questions. Well, maybe one of my questions got answered at some point. I'd have to think back on that. Sometimes I was persistent trying to find out if I could get information from them. But I don't think they ever answered a single one of my questions. And yet, every time they brought me in to teach me something, it would be about like um, how, how um, small abuses turn into waves of... of um, of, uh, what would be a fair word here? Waves of, um, of karmic kickback. I don't know how to put it, but whatever, whatever the world absorbs, it has to return energetically. And a lot of times these things can be in amplified states. So if they return energetically at you and you are capable of receiving that energy, I mean, you can get overwhelmed by shit that comes back on you that is way out of line that doesn't come anywhere near appropriate. And other people can skate by fucking without any kind of retribution. And that's just how energetic uh, cycles fall as we are random participatory beings in this, well, at least we appear to be random. Maybe it's all by design. Hard to say. <clears throat> but why is 432 important and why do I listen to the camel lionesses? Well, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think what I'm pulling from my dream state and the way that I'm conjuring reality as I think it exists is what anybody else should adhere to, first of all. Um, I'm never prescriptive in my explanations here. I don't want to become some sort of source of what you think you can gain knowledge through. I don't believe that anything here is necessarily any more reliable than listening to a delusional schizophrenic in the psych ward. I, I could easily be completely askew and following Alice in Wonderland type cues. So what I am telling you is the epiphany of universal uh, arrangement that I have been shown 
across my dreamscapes. And because other things that I've been shown, like personal things about myself and frankly, interrelationship um, dynamics beyond just family and the premeditated dreams where I've run into people that I've dreamt about. I mean, my dream life has, has become, because of its influence in my fucking reality, a huge part of my life. And, uh, and what's, what's really funny is the last 18 months, say 15 months, not much, not much. I mean, there have been some consequential character dreams, but wisdom dreams? No, I don't feel like I've learned anything about like Earth's ancient history in a while. And they used to walk me through some historical uh, markers to just show me what Earth used to look like and what Earth was. And, uh, you know, maybe that's all just my dreams, right? Just fucking going crazy. And I, And that's why I say nothing here is of substance for you. But what I speak of, I speak of with sincerity and with honesty. And, and in a way that I'm like, I don't think any of this is necessarily true. But if I get to the uh, soul window and they explain some of this stuff to me and it fucking vets out, then I'll be like, hey, all right, all right. I think, I think my dream characters were helping me learn this. And I, I also believe that, <laughs> do I believe this? Do I want to say this? Huh. Uh, I'll hold that one back. I, I have to, I have to give myself a second before I get that mystical. Okay. <clears throat> but here it is, right? Mystical. That's what I go with here because I don't know what else to use. I don't like, um, uh, uh, fuck. What's up? What's the word I can't think of? Uh, spiritual, uh, spiritual, but not religious. Okay, fine. 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 What? Like, you think God exists, but you don't know? I mean, what are you when you're spiritual? Why I say mystical is because how do you dream about somebody and then see them in reality? Okay, tie that back into another, you know, random interaction that you don't remember, but then you dream about somebody that you subconsciously can recall and then randomly run into them again, and boom, there's your explanation. Fine. I am a data-driven guy. I like that explanation. I think that explanation holds water. But how did I do it twice? And how did I do it with somebody who I clearly could never have met before? Impossible. Um, and the dreams were two or three years before I met them. Although I did have one about six months before I actually met them. But I didn't even recognize them because in the dreams they were a different hair color. Until I saw a picture of them when they had their natural hair color. And bam, it was like... <gasps> So, that one, I just wrote off as me being silly. Even though all of the things that I'm telling you were very real to me at the time. To the point that I really had to deny that that connection could happen. I could, this, this was when I, there was no way I could have bought into shit like this. Not, not 15 years ago. Not 10, 10 years ago, no. Six years ago, well, they started stacking up to the point I had to start listening. And... Within the last five years, I've embraced what I've gotten, which is a lot. And frankly, I believe that who I am right now has a lot to do with being helped out in my dream states. And who I am right now is somebody filled with self-love, directed with purpose, and completely aware of what my destiny looks like. So how do you 
deny that that has value. Especially when I lived a life that didn't have any of that and was filled with chaos because of it. So I share because I have a story that I don't really even understand, but has led to me feeling so great about myself that if there's any way you can figure this out for yourself, all the better. Because I don't even feel like I earned this. I don't feel like I started meditating and playing a musical instrument and went to fucking uh, the Andes Mountains and none of that. Basically, I gave up on life. So when all of this started happening (laughs) in spite of what I was doing in this reality and then started making my reality harmonically align with who I was becoming, well... I started believing that something about how this is all working out is for the better of myself and that that will lead to a better humanity. So that's where I'm at. And uh, I'm going to have another couple bong hits before we talk about this soul stuff that we're going to get into. Pause. All right. Ooh. What I should first of all say is I never would have believed that I have a soul until at least 10 years ago, probably more like eight or six. And I still think the concept is kind of quirky, but I've embraced it now. And I know that now that I consider myself having a soul to feed, that as I feed it, I feel it intensifying and its presence even gives you more momentum to be who you really are. And so if that's all delusional, that's fine. Because I lived a life for 40 years where I would have said, fuck you to anybody trying to convince me I have a soul. Get out of my house. Get out of my life. What's wrong with you? Please do not come over here again. But this isn't to say that I hadn't run into many um, challenges to this view. Um... In the idea that impermanence of, of existence, once your earth eyes close forever, uh, I, I'm not sure I ever bought into that either. But I couldn't figure out, like, reincarnation? Mm, there was so much evidence of it that I think that was the first thing that I thought, okay, if I'm going to get away from chaos, I can at least believe that you cycle back down here on earth and have to go through it all over again. That seems miserable, but I guess it makes more sense than one shot and done, because what do you get done? You get nothing done. Well, you don't get nothing done, but if souls exist, then it seems like you'd be back on earth in a hurry because I don't know how much, well, I just had trouble with feeling like, there was enough goodness down here. The soul to me... Well, hang on, pause. Unpause. Okay. The purity of the soul is what was always hard for me to reconcile. But what it turns out is that no, no soul is pure. It's in a constant state of learning. Well, hang on. Okay, I thought I was going to cough out yogurt. Um, oh, <laughs> pause. Unpause. Okay, so when I I learned that 
um, lifetimes are cycles for souls to challenge themselves in um, embracing their strengths to find more resonance with their true self. And in doing so, becoming more and more wise about how to cycle into the universe at a harmonic level. And so the reason that 432 Hertz, or episode 432, is to me the most important episode in the first thousand is that is the cycle at which the universe is tuned. And I do think, uh, I can't really say that I believe this, but I wouldn't be surprised to find out that the entire universe was built to create sound. You need matter, you need material interactivity to create sound. And in the ethereal realm, Sound is created through light and color and all. I mean, it's different. But down here, things collide to make sounds. Things move to make sounds. I'm not sure that that's not the whole fucking point of the universe. But on to other things. So the point with 432 hertz is if you will allow yourself to vibrate at that resonance, while you're vibrating at the same resonance as the universe. Now, does that mean you can listen to that 432 hertz shit and it all works out? Not necessarily. But not not necessarily. I believe that the more sound you are... Um, uh, list, what? The more of your environment that is tuned to 432 hertz, the more the universe's signals start to expose themselves in your environment. Because when synchronicity amplification happens, you can be a, you can just be in the right uh, body state to hear or to absorb uh, uh, anxiety reducing or cell aligning or some other level of of <clears throat> tranquility. That's all there is to it, and the universe is always in balance. So, and this is what's funny. Or, this isn't funny. But all that shit about the human resonance and all that stuff, that 7.83, that, that it, it doesn't work at that. They're just, they, you have to use straight math for the 432 hertz uh, <clears throat> resonance to actually work out. And I believe that's part of what Earth's problem is. It is out of tune with the universe. It needs to resonate at 8.0 and it's resonating at 7.83. But don't listen to that like it's science. That's just me spitballing shit on the whiteboard. Back to your soul. How do you start to believe you have one? Well, a lot of people are born told they have one and then just grow up thinking, well, it's true. And <clears throat> so while I am, uh, while I admire those people and their courage to be um, told things, and then believe them. Well, when I heard about this soul stuff, I thought it was bullshit. Now, my parents were telling me I had a soul. Nobody was telling me I had a soul that was of uh, the level of importance that I would have thought, okay, well, maybe I should listen. And I was around a lot of people. Now, there were some, uh, I went to some 
bar mitzvahs and shit when I was in junior high. And there was some belief in God talk and that kind of shit. <clears throat> but even that was like, dude, God, go. They're just, it was, you were the agnostic or atheist in my root circle, basically across the board. So I had no religious immersion or shit at all. And when I started studying religion in college, well, I would never have considered myself to have a soul. In fact, I was sure I didn't have one. And I remember watching that Simpsons episode where Bart sells a soul for five bucks. And I was thinking, would I sell my soul for five bucks? Fuck yeah, I would. Fuck yeah, I would. And I don't know that you can even give your soul over to some entity that can control it. But you might be able to. I don't even know. I don't want to get into all that fucking voodoo shit. But here's what I can tell you. Is your soul is oftentimes just partially inhabiting whatever circumstance you're in. Depending on what level of advancement you have in soul um, stability, I suppose is a good word. Or embracement. I don't know. What would be... Um, what's the process of inner thought that brings you to self-realization? That's what souls go through. or And inner thought includes activity, obviously, because that drives thought. But <clears throat> if you are... Here's one of the things about coming to Earth. You're an advanced soul. You have to be. Now, you may be here on a full run. And if you are, then all of you is here. And if all of you is here then you're pretty confident in who the fuck you are as soon as you get out of the fucking womb. Like, there is no... <clears throat> there are no gaps to fill. There is no weakness to uh, overcome. You are confident from who, from day one who you are. And I'm not sure that you're not here on a mission. Like, you may be here to play the game specifically in a way that you are advancing into a point of... of what? Emphasis or historical significance. I don't know. I believe there are those types of uh, experiencers on this journey. Whether or not that's right, who knows? Whether or not any of this is right, who fucking knows? But I do believe there is a persistent soul energy inside your human meat suit. And if you don't feel that, then I'm going to talk about how you can start to maybe expose yourself to things that might allow you to feel that. Because I had to go through all of this. <clears throat> all right. Uh, wait, should we talk about what power does to you first? No, I don't even know if we're going to get to that. But your soul is on a journey in a life suit that here on Earth is guaranteed to give you enormous lessons. And is also guaranteed to push you into places where your vulnerability as a soul is exposed. You can actually backtrack on Earth. You can easily backtrack on Earth if you get stuck on Earth. Um, and so this, there are souls unwilling to come to Earth because fuck no. Why would they take the risk when they can keep elevating in, in a gradual harmonic tone across all sorts of seascapes and paradises? I mean, if you've been to Earth long enough, you're going to want some of that shit in your next round. But Earth, Earth, Earth is a battle zone of soul elevation. And taken with the right attitude offers all sorts of ways 
that a soul can fulfill itself that'll never happen on Paradise Island. Or at least it'll take 10,000 cycles. And you'll just be boring because you'll have the same fucking life over and over and over again. Come here, you have a different life every time. I mean, Earth, Earth is fucking... I don't know. I don't know what Earth is, but I know it's the ride that offers the most return. Or at least one of them. And there are a whole lot of them that are at this level. So when your soul first comes here, I think it has to come 100% intact. I don't think you can enter Earth any other way. But that may not be true of the most advanced beings. Maybe they can come down here in split soul situations. But, and then, and so what I'm saying is, and, and this will happen probably in your first, I don't know, I don't know how many rounds, but I'm guessing that you you come here 100% more than once. And I think it's to at least get used to the shock of what Earth offers, which is the ability to say yes to anything. This is not true in a lot of environments. So, and, and, and so if 100% of your soul isn't here, then you can't resonate with everything that happened to you because you have left some part of you behind. So that's why you have to come here with 100%. And there, I think, are people who never get past 100% coming here. It's a challenge to be on Earth. It's a huge fucking challenge to be on Earth. Your soul is constantly put through the ringer here. With that in mind, <clears throat> if your soul starts to gain enough stability, well, there become zones in which you can split your soul and go through multiple experiences and resonate across various time zones or timelines. Now, let's not get into timelines. Let's just say you can have simultaneous experiences as different entities at different soul levels. And by do, you do so by splitting your soul energy into compartments. And the first one that you can split into, I believe, is the eights. You can split into, what did they teach me here? You can split into... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve eights. Right, ninety-six. So you can split yourself into twelve eights. This means you have to come back down here as anything you, you can't be uh uh sent well, I don't know if you can be a sentient being. Would dogs be sentient beings? I don't know. You you can be a level of an animal or a rock or a tree. I mean, you get split first into um into uh, creatures that are uh, reactive, not um, active. So they are taking the unit. They are they are only so capable in a universe given their skill set and uh, and equipment to work with. So, and the next step is to take you down to four, where I think you have to come as stone or plant. I think four percent of your soul has so little ability that you can only manifest as stone or plant. And you are split 24 times. You are across all kinds of universal spots. And each one of these is to teach you the patience necessary to be soulful in a situation where you are literally doing nothing except passing time. But somebody has to pass the time. So... There are plenty of souls doing it. And some souls enjoy this the most. Because the 4% of you that stays behind, there's also 4% of you that stays behind when you do the eights. That 4% has no influence. Because it's only half of what you've got on any journey. 
but they can advise in various ways. They can, they just don't have a way to help you fix yourself. If you get into a fucking bind, you're going to, you're going to like, what kind of bind can you get in? I don't, I, I don't remember this stuff, but if, if you are at the eights, the four who's left behind is only going to learn everything as the eights all come back together. But the four never has enough influence to do anything to help the eights as they are split. They're just there to watch. But you have to learn what your what your role is as the left behind soul energy in a universe full of uh, activity. You have none. You are just literally gaining the experience as other souls merge back with you. Your own soul, not other souls. Your own soul. All right. So that's where the first splits happen. Is basically you split into nature. And you split into such diluted forms that really your soul's only experiencing what it's like to be um, in a wider scale than just reacting as an animal or as a human or whatever. Now, I do believe that your first trip here in your 100% form is to come in as something smallish. And by smallish, I mean maybe an elephant or a horse or something. Like, I do think you go through a life cycle of emotional context, but I don't believe that you come in as a human. I think you have to earn your way up to a human. And I think you can get to a human rather quickly, especially because you don't really get to Earth till you've been a, a, a sentient, active being on in other environments. Like, you prove yourself worthy of getting to Earth to get the opportunity to try to do your best here. But because you have to kind of see what Earth's like. Your first manifestation, if not your first few, I don't think are as a human. This sounds bizarre, but trust me, this this might be right. And so then, once you break... Okay, and, and this is the other thing. When you're a bit splitting into 24 4s or uh, 12-8s, or even uh, 3-25s, um, you're going to not always be on Earth. In fact, you're not going to be on Earth at all, probably in these initial uh, fours and eights. No, you're going to be in environments that are tranquil, where everything is consistent. You don't you don't learn about Earth. You may be sent back to Earth as an eight, but probably as a 12, because then you definitely can be a sentient being. But my point is, your soul can be broken down into very certain compartments. And those compartments can be sent down for experiences that match the uh, vibrational hum that's necessary to have the experience. So if it takes you a while to be able to deal with being a rock, well, then you're going to be stuck as a rock for a while. But eventually you'll get patient. You just have to. And once you're patient, well, then you can come back and live life as all kinds of other things. But once you're available to get here 100% and, and earn your way up to a human, well, then your karma starts to stack. And when your karma is stacking, you can earn your way up into split soul on earth, but you you will go split your soul other places first. Meaning, the first soul split, I believe, is a 40-60, where 60% of you comes to earth and 40% of you go somewhere else. And usually people fail this round. And that's a, I mean, there's a lot of failure in souls. Not not meaning that you, you, um, Failure is the wrong word because everything is either energy uh, amplifying what's within 
or energy that is um, causing some sort of discordant resonance. And you can end up with a whole life of discordant resonance on Earth. People do it all the time. But recovering that is another thing that you set yourself up to do by organizing a life plan for the next round that offsets the the tendencies you had. If you fell into addiction or you fell into um, um, self-loathing or I don't know, whatever. You can, you can work on things gradually by returning here with a life plan set, to, set up to help you against those challenges. So you can spend a lot of time, and I, I think there are a lot of souls that never get past 100% of human experience because human experience is a bitch. And there are plenty of people who don't want to do it again. Once they've done it and earned their way back up, they're done. <clears throat> they've experienced Earth. And if you've experienced Earth, that's a fucking badge of honor. Not everyone has. But a lot of people do. Because it is the place to find out who you are truly and then to give it to a world in a way that resonates back to you fundamentally, giving you an elevation opportunity beyond anything else you'll experience. So, uh, I don't even know how much more of this I really need to get into, but I'll explain that once you are splitting your soul after 100%, like now you have the opportunity to split your soul across different uh, different manifestations, not always on Earth. And in fact, frequently not on Earth. Because if you send 40% of yourself to Earth, you can send 40% of yourself to Paradise, and that will cross-resonate against the universe as... Paradise John experiences nothing but love and bliss. Earth John, going through the fucking hell that he's going through, can sometimes gain some of the energy back from my soul through soul interaction in the multiverse or wherever it comes. But by sending yourself to Paradise and Earth, well, and staying with soul energy available to influence, not necessarily direct, but influence, What's going on? Well, that's a position a lot of people stay in. It's a great one because you're you're not hmm, you're not giving yourself the challenge of failing on Earth when you've got Paradise simultaneously. You can't really fail Paradise. You just the meter doesn't move much because there's not much challenge. It's very comfortable, and and your soul will go through emotional. Uh, reverberation, but it, it's also contained. It's not like here on Earth where you can literally um, you can you can lose your way, <laughs> and people people can lose their way and never come back. I mean, Earth is Earth is a risk, and so if you send half of or forty percent of yourself to Earth and forty percent of yourself into a different environment of of love and tenderness, well, you're guaranteed to come back with something of balance, even if Earth was a horror show. And if somehow you can outdo your paradise by performing on earth in ways that drive your soul to a bliss that paradise can't offer, well, that's when you start to have, well, you, I mean, now you're on, now you're on a cycle of spiraling upward. Now, now you're the kind of influence that you get back to earth as soon as possible. And you start to feel that. And I don't know, I don't know if that can only be felt in the ethereal realm. I think it only can. But I'm not saying you can't have glimpses of it down here. And I'm not saying that's not what Messiahs and all these other people who become fundamental linchpins in our motivation to do better. I'm not saying that's not who they are. They might be. So then, <clears throat> the other thing about 
splitting your soul is you're not going to split your soul and come three ways to earth. If you split your soul 25, 25, 25, 25, 25% of you is staying back. Now you actually have the ability to not just influence, but direct. You can help make an environment more suitable for yourself, for instance. Um, but you're going to send 25% of you somewhere alone. Now you may send 25 and 25 to earth and manifest twice. That's how twins and other things happen. And there are split souls down here who are not in any way intending to know each other. They're having the same journey in different bodies across different uh, realities. So, and, and that's, a, that's one of the things about feeling like you don't fit in or you don't belong or you don't, you're not complete or you're just, you're, you, it's fractured. Well, it could be that you haven't come to grips with the fact that you're, you're not entirely here. Part of you is doing something else. And <clears throat> you can feel incomplete very easily here because you are. But what you have to understand is that doesn't matter. This meat suit is built for your journey. You just have to figure out what your journey is, and then you'll find a tranquility that you can embrace. doesn't matter what amount of your soul is here. There are people who come down here 20, 20, 20, 20, and 12, 12, 12, 12. I mean, you have to be, uh, I don't even know how many journeys to earth you have to be before you can send down, uh, what is it, eight 12s? I mean, and you can have these all simultaneously on this planet. And those are here to max out experience at the base level. I don't even know that that's, I'm pretty sure anything over, I'm pretty sure 12 is where you can manifest as a human. But I could be wrong. It might be 20. You need to have strength to go through the human experience. You have to have the kind of soul, and that may be the last step in souls, really, is that 12, 12, 12. There may only be a few souls that even qualify. Most souls are down here on 40, 40, 20, or 30, 30, 10, or 50, 50. I mean, there's, there's plenty of people that stay with 100 or 50, 50. Those are comfortable zones because you can't really set yourself back so much that you don't want to come back to earth. One bad lifetime is just a bad lifetime. You'll learn from it as much as anything. You'll learn from it more than a mediocre lifetime or a good lifetime that goes uh, too swimmingly. Sometimes the challenges that are set up for you turn out not to be challenges at all. Like the synchronicity, just you're in the right place at the right time. The universe is coordinating what you hoped would be uh, something that would put you to a test just doesn't. So you can have coast through your life rides and then your first reaction is, well, then I got to get back because your challenges didn't work out. So if you put yourself down here four times with 20% of you staying back, someone's going to get challenged in that ride. And normally it, it's hard to go through a, an earth ride on coast. It doesn't happen often. But the reason you start splitting is because you can go through lifetimes that just don't return. You can get a little too comfortable with a level of yourself that can see challenges coming and deflect them. And if you get into that pattern, well, <clears throat> then it's time for you to have somebody back behind to help your soul direction. That's why you leave some of yourself behind is so that your plan can continue to execute as you had drawn it out. All right, that crazy enough for you? There you go. I've never talked about this to anyone, ever. Never. Never even really put it all together in one page here so that I could comprehensively try to explain it. 
But I knew that this is what I was going to talk about on episode 432. And obviously, the geometry and the math all in 432, the 9s, it's got a 3, 6, and a 9. I mean, there's a lot of reason to believe that 432 is a magic number in this universe. I believe it. And I don't believe much in magic, but I do believe in mystical shit. Like how your cell vibrational existence in 3D reality is in tune with this universe or it's not. And I don't think Earth, planet, is in tune. But I think humans have the ability to tune themselves to a vibration that is consistently harmonic with the universe at large. And that's something that I don't care if it's lunacy. I really do believe that. So I had on here um, being a judge. No, thank you. You have to believe you're worth it. And what does power do to you? I'm going to save all that shit for next time because I think I've already gotten to the... Yeah, we're almost at 40 minutes. And I can only be so indulgent today. I got some shit to do. But thanks for listening to my craziness. And I'll tell you this much. That Pascal's wager, who gives a shit? Your soul is there. If you look for it and listen to it, it'll tell you it's there. So believe in your soul and you'll find it.